Hello, welcome and kumusta. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Hao and I am your occupational therapist. In this episode, I'd like to talk to you about this process of referral. Now, all of us and most of us, I'm sure everybody has gone through our training uh, talking about the process of occupational therapy where it starts from a referral. After the referral, then you do the initial assessment and then assessment and evaluation and then treatment planning and then implementation and re-evaluation and then discharge. So that is the standard process when you, we are learning about the process of occupational therapy and there we are learning about that process of referral or that aspect where the referral is there. Now I've got some concerns about how we are understanding that process of referral. I think in practice what happens is if you're working in a hospital or a ward and you're working for a trust as an occupational therapist, your role and responsibility in that aspect or in that area is for you to be the OT of the place. Meaning if you have a ward to look after, technically you are the occupational therapist for that ward, which means every patient that's going through that ward is technically yours to see. And if you ask people to refer people to you and you're already based in the ward, then you're just duplicating the work of other team members. You're just making it difficult and you're making the process even more difficult for everybody. So I think that's just one frame of mind that we need to, to open up into. You know, the idea that if you're working in the ward, everyone is yours. Would you really want others to start writing a referral form so that they'll start sending it to you and then you'll go and look at the process and the referral forms and then you decline whether it's appropriate or not appropriate? See, it's really, it's really cumbersome, isn't it? It's not very helpful. What you need to do when you're working in the ward is learn the process of screening, which means you screen and you identify whether one warrants a more thorough investigation of OT, whether it's a yes or a no. So screening is not a process of evaluation, but as a screening is finding out if there is a potential need. So you really don't know what the need is yet. But what you're doing is you are having this suspicion, you know, you're asking people if they have worries about the person going home, for example, so you're in a ward and you and a staff member is worried about a person going home. Already they've screened because they're worried about something. And then they'll call on to an OT. Can you help me, please? Can you help me figure this out? See whether there's really a need. Because the response for screening is actually, yes, we need to see more, or no, we don't have to see them. So that's the response of screening. And then when you feel that you need to dig on deeper if there is a problem or not, then that is now 
an early stage and an early part of assessment. Did you have to write down? Did you have to write or ask people to write down that they need to, to fill up a form for you to screen? It's really a waste of energy, isn't it? So the process of referral, I need you to just have a look at it again. Have a look at that process and see whether it's really helping your service or it's helping you. Because at the end of the day, if I was me, say I am a nurse and I needed the help of an occupational therapist and I'd go and ask somebody, can you go and have a look at this? Say I'll ask the OT. And if the response of the OT is to question me, why would you want me to have a look at this? And then it's just another conversation that I just really can't be bothered getting into. So in the end, I'd rather just not talk to the occupational therapist. I'd rather not refer people to occupational therapist. I'd rather refer people at the last minute where I could delay that conversation and leave it for the last minute because that conversation earlier on is I don't want to go through that difficult conversation of asking or almost begging the OT to look at my patients. All right. So when you're talking about the process and when we were taught about the process of referral, this is back in the days, I guess, where occupational therapy was a different service outside the trust or it is a service that is outside the unit or it is a service that holds an office somewhere else. So that is when you have to make that referral. If you're in the community, yes, you need that referral because there is no quick and easy way for you to see the person then and there. So you need some information if you're working in the community and based on that information as to why they would refer them to you, you need to look at that and screen that out. And from there you say, yes, I'm going to go and see further or I'm not going to see further. Yeah. Any action you do will really matter, you know. So even if you've seen them, the outcome of that is whether this person will get more OT input or will not. Or the person is safe enough that they don't, they don't warrant occupational therapy. Now, isn't that a very good outcome? I think that's a very good outcome, isn't it? So if you have a, a, a clinic of your own and say I'm a GP asking you to see a person, yes, I'll write a letter. I'll tell you the name of the person. I'll tell you what the problems are and that I think that you needed to have a look at. If it's a hand therapy, then yes, here is a patient who's had a surgery and there is a risk of the hand uh, getting contracted as it recovers and we need help on uh, ensuring that the joint ranges are maintained, then please, can you have a look? Then yes, the occupational therapist then can do that. So that's, this, that's the referral process. The referral process is very effective and very efficient and well required if the service is lying outside the, the facility. Now, if you are thinking yourself as an occupational therapist who is not attached to the ward, who is different from the people in the ward, or a commissioner or a private occupational therapist who commissions work from the ward, then yes, have that referral process. But if you are in the ward then it is easy. You have to have that duty to make your MDT members, you have to make it 
make their lives easy by being proactive, by being supportive, by being open, by being available, by being there. And for me, personally, all I needed was is a name. If I'm in a board round, what's happening? I think I have an issue. That's what the nurse would say. Okay, let me look into it. I'll get into that. And then I'll advise the nursing staff or the medics if there's really a problem, yay or nay. Because at the end of the day, once you've seen them and once you have managed to log those activities in, it still will count as an activity of your service and you can monitor and you can, you can uh, quantify whether you are required by that service at the end of the day. I always keep on saying everything you do matters and has an outcome and screening is one of them. Now, how do you do the screening then? One tip is be in the ward as early and as quick as you can. Stay in the ward, be in the ward. That's one. It makes it easy for you to do the screening if you are there. The second thing that you need to do is you can do your OT rounds. Just like anybody, like any doctors, all doctors are doing their uh, medical round, you can do your OT rounds. Because you have your own scope and you have your own domain of concern that you are looking at. So when you're doing your rounds, you can quickly gauge a person. I would look, if it was me doing the round, I'd look at the person. What do they look like? Do they look frail? Are they in bed? Do they look like they need something? I can quickly see whether a person is up and ready and sitting down and feels better that they're on the chair having their breakfast, their physique, physique their physical abilities, their physical build, I can tell if there's, not, if there's an issue or not. If somebody is there lying down, appears to be unwell, appears to be frail, uh, you know, uh, not a lot of body mass, you know, I'll go and see them and ask a question, how are they doing? And if I sense that there is something wrong, then I could come in as an occupational therapist already. I have picked up a case that will be put on my caseload and I'm going to go and, and I will be able to see this person. And if I go and see, for example, even people who are, if I do that round, that's only how long does it take? Two minutes per patient? You know, at best five minutes, the longest. If you want, if you want to start the conversation, you can be there for five minutes. But if you're just doing that round, in a ward of 30 beds, in 10, 15 minutes, you're done. And you don't need to wait for people to ask you or uh, to tell you what needs to be done. Because personally, that's one of the worst thing. That's one of the things that I hate or dislike. You know, hate maybe is too much of a heavy word. That's one of the most things that I dislike is when people are telling me what I need to do. Okay, as an occupational therapist, you are an occupational therapist who is autonomous, who can see a person in your own accord. You can pick up your own clients. Yeah, you just have to notify those people. Just notify the doctors. It facilitates more collaborative working with the doctors. Yeah, and you obviously have to ask your patients when you see them. 
oh, you have these concerns. Do you want me to work with you on that aspect? So if you ask him that, then that's already the patient asking consent. And even if there is not a consent, for example, or the patient doesn't see that there is a need for OT, by doing that screening or that round, you are able to promote occupational therapy. So you are advocating for the profession. Yes? Okay. So the process of referral, again, I need you to have a look at that. Don't get too tied up or too obsessed with it. At the end of the day, if you are working in the ward, you are there to help the ward and the unit especially if it's the trust that employed you to do that, okay? And this is now with the understanding that you're looking after one ward, okay? So what happens if you are looking after a bigger ward or bigger wards or a good number of wards, right? Now, this is when you can start teaching people how to do the screening for you. Or you can still do that that quick walk around, you know, when you can still do that as an occupational therapist, and uh, you can do that. It'll spend. It'll take an hour, perhaps, third forty-five minutes to an hour to look after three thirty-bedded ward, which makes about fifteen minutes each. Yeah. So all you'll do is walk around, have a look, mark those people that you need to go back to, okay, and then come back to them later. So again, even with three wards, it's still doable because the screening, the outcome of the screening is that you are able to pick up those people that needed occupational therapist. That's not to say that you should disregard what others are saying to you. You know, that's very helpful as well. So that makes life a little bit easier when people are saying, please, can you have a look at this patient or this patient too, patient number uh, in bed number seven. If they ask you to have a look, yes, that, that solves the problem already because something's not right, I'll have a look. Because at the end of the day, you're there. If your frame of mind is to help, then that is something that will, you know, it, it will change your practice for the better. It'll change the relationship in the world. Okay, so this is me, guys, talking about referrals and my perspective on the referrals. Uh, if you are in the unit, do a screening, do some walk around or OT rounds. You can do that. That's something that you can do. Don't make life difficult for your team members and your team members are the nurses, the doctors, the physiotherapists in the ward, the care assistants, the patients. The ward is your team. People in the ward is your team. You're in a group of occupational therapists. Yes, that's a team as well. That's a sub-team within a bigger team of being in the ward. Right? Um, have that walk around and then do the screening and then you'll be able to select those patients that you need to see um, and but if you are again coming from external areas uh, where it's a big department then they may have to do that referral but that triaging that referral process I'm telling you it's going to take at least a day if you're being efficient 
the referral will be sent in the morning. You'll be lucky if you check them up on time. It'll take it the afternoon before you could even read through it and before you could balance it out, before you could prioritize things. It'll take a day and then the following day before you can act on seeing them. So in the end, you are then, you know, it's, it's, it's a day's delay when you uh, go through that process of assessment and referrals and addressing the referrals. If you're very strict with those referrals, that's fine. Now, monitoring the number of people you see, if you monitor that based on the number of referrals, and that's another thing. That's another discussion uh, for us to talk about in the future. Um, but then if you worry so much about it, you don't get paid based on the number of referrals anyway. And if you do, do you really get paid per patient, you know, on an individual basis? So it's not really like that. So again, the system of payment for occupational therapy services uh, is not the same as if you are as compared to uh, you being a private practitioner. So that's a different story altogether. All right, guys, so that's it. Thank you so much for listening and paying attention to these OT conversations. I think this season now we're going to start talking about uh, different practices and some concerns about the practice. It's becoming a, a uh, riot conversation, OT conversation, but it's becoming either it's a relevant information involving occupational therapy or it is a, a rant involving occupational therapy practice. Um, if you have any questions, please give me a message or send me uh, a message and then uh, send a, you know, a question. Um, either record your question and send it over. And uh, that's it. Yeah, just remember, anything you do matters and has an outcome. Until next time, bye.